God made you the parents of your own children on purpose. Some days it doesn't quite feel so intentional, but he does not make mistakes. That's our job. <laughs> Spend 20 minutes or so with me each week and hear how we are partnering with God in our imperfect parenting journey, and you can too. Let's dive deep into today's subject. Hey guys, coffeewithjesusbox.com is now live. Head over and check it out. If you love Jesus and coffee, this may be the most fun box you'll treat yourself to. Sign up for our newsletter to keep abreast of the latest small businesses we are working with to bring fun things to you and promote small business in America. Let us take the guesswork out of finding delicious, responsibly sourced coffee and quality Bible studies, and let's dive deep together into the Word. It's going to be a blast. Head on over and pre-order your box today. That's coffeewithjesusbox.com. Talk to you soon. Instead of a parenting hack, I actually have a fun fact for you today. Today is Tuesday, March 30th, which is Take a Walk in the Park Day. So grab your kids. If you have some dogs, put them on a leash, head out the door, and go for a walk in the park near you. I hope it's bright and sunny where you are. If not, be sure to bundle up and bring an umbrella. Have fun. All right, friends, it's confession time. I hate Pinocchio. There, I said it. I hate Pinocchio. I don't like the story. I don't like the movie. I've never, ever liked it. He's constantly getting himself into deeper trouble. And I just get so utterly frustrated every time he digs himself deeper and deeper into trouble and danger. And he's drawing himself farther and farther away from Geppetto, his father, his creator. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I thought so. You're a smart cookie there. But I was, so I was washing my dishes and I was thinking about what I was going to talk about today. And I had, of course, as usual, a totally different topic in mind. And then God put on my heart Pinocchio and the image of him walking away, lying. Of course, we all know that story, right? When he lies, his nose whoop, grows bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And he just gets himself so deep into lies, he doesn't know how to get out of it. And at least in the movie version, you know, he starts growing twigs and leaves. I mean, it gets bad. Birds can land on it. They can perch on his nose. It's it's crazy. But he just, he doesn't know how to get out of it. And he's, he's scared. Fear is what drives his actions. And he's also ignorant. He really doesn't know what the world is full of. Geppetto tries to warn him. Jiminy Cricket tries to warn him. The Blue Fairy tries to warn him. But he doesn't listen because he thinks he knows better. Aren't our kids like that? Oh, man. There's no way you, you can't have seen this in your kids. Every kid goes through this at some point in their lives. And some have more than their share of times when they go through this. As I said last week, I am a learn by doing, learn by failing over and over again. And that was part of it. it was, no, I, I need to have control over this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better because I, I'm pretty sure I know how to do this better than you do. Yeah. So, you know, so I just go through it, fail, and there I go. But something else I was thinking about is Pinocchio, he's a puppet. Puppet comes with strings. Who holds those strings? 
the creator, right? The person who made him for a purpose. Now, I'm not saying that we are puppets on this earth. No, no. We're not God's puppets. Not at all. That was not why he created us. He did not create us to control us. He created us for relationship. And isn't that what Geppetto wanted with Pinocchio? Why he didn't sell him? Why he didn't burn that piece of wood that he created him out of? He wanted relationship. He wanted somebody to love that would hopefully love him back. And whenever Pinocchio disobeyed him or lied or ignored him or did what he thought was better than what his father told him, he was cutting one of those puppet strings. He was cutting the line directly to his creator. Every time our kids do that, doesn't it feel like that? It feels like they're cutting that tie. Like, okay, I, I don't need you for that clip. Okay, you know what, mom? I don't need you for this either. Clip. Now, when you cut a string with a pair of scissors, you can't uncut it, right? You f it's physically impossible to uncut it. You can retie it, but it's never the same. The strength has been weakened, right? Even if you retie it, that knot will never be as strong as it was when it was already one solid piece of string. That's the strongest you can get is that tie before it's been cut. Once you cut it, you've weakened it. But God, because God has the power to re-stitch that string together back to the way it was at the beginning, back to the way he intended it, he can restore that strength back to the way it's supposed to be. So when we cut ties with our creator, in little sneaky ways. I'm not saying necessarily you're walking away from God or anything like that, but whenever we disobey him or we just don't do it his way, we are cutting that tie. We're saying, I, I don't think I need you for this. I think this isn't something I can handle on my own. We're snip, snipping that tie. But when we get to a point where we realize what we're doing, when the Holy Spirit convicts us of our actions or our words, and we say, oh my goodness, Lord, I am so sorry. And we, we, he redeems us. He redeems that string. He, he reconnects it perfectly, authentically, the way it was meant to be. He can do that because he's God. It's so cool because we could never tie that string back ourselves. No matter how hard we tried, we cannot tie that string back ourselves. But we can take the step to do it. And that's something we can model for our kids. Whenever we find ourselves defying God or disappointing him or not going his way and we realize it, it's okay to pray a redemption prayer, maybe even with your kids and say, hey guys, I really messed up my relationship with God a little bit here. Would you pray with me? What an amazing model for them to see that God never gives up on us. He never gives up on them. And in that right, in his image that we're made, and as parents, we're given that opportunity to show that with our kids. When they mess up and they come to us, hopefully they're not afraid to come to us. Sometimes they are because fear is a very powerful thing. But if we continue to plant in their hearts the word of God and the truth of God, then they're going to know that it's okay, first of all, when they mess up because 
we're expected to. We're human. We're not perfect. And then two, it's okay to come and admit that we're wrong. It doesn't show that we're weak. It shows we're brave. We can't be brave if we're not first afraid, right? I always tell my kids that. You can't be courageous if you're not afraid first. It's, it's different. Being bold is different than being courageous, okay? Being prideful is certainly different than being brave. But we need that fear factor in order for it to be courage or bravery. And it's okay for them. And it's okay for us. But we've got to model that for them. And go to God and say, God, I, I'm sorry I screwed up here. I see now where you wanted me to go or what you wanted me to do or where I could have said something wonderful to honor you and I didn't. I chose to steal that glory for myself. What a great model for our kids to see. It's okay to screw up. It's not okay to stay in that mess. But we're humans and we're going to mess up and we shouldn't be ashamed of it as long as we're going to God saying, I'm sorry. Or if they're coming to us or the one that they wronged and apologizing, truly apologizing from the heart and asking for that forgiveness. So that's your third step. Ask for forgiveness because he is going to restore that tie to you. He doesn't want to let you go. We Once we're in his hands, nobody can take us from his hands. Nobody. But we can step out of that hand, can't we? Yeah. But let's, let's try not to do that because it really sucks outside there. <laughs> But think about it. You know, a lot of people will associate Pinocchio with Jonah and the whale. And oh, because of the whale thing, really. They both end up in the belly of a whale because of all the things that they've done to turn away from their creator. You know, like I said, Pinocchio just continually gets into more and more trouble and he ends up in this belly of the whale. He's realized his need for his father and he just wants to go home. And then he's stuck in this whale because he finds out he was searching for his father at this point. He found out he had gone out in a boat to look for him. Like that's his dad, his daddy. He went to the ends of the earth to find him just like God does. You know, he, Jesus will leave the 99 to find us, the one who wanders. Geppetto left everything back home to go to the ends of the earth to find his son. And when Pinocchio finally realizes he needs his daddy, he loves his daddy. He is loved by his daddy and only by his daddy. He goes to look for him and ends up in the whale. Just like Jonah ends up in the whale when he defies God. God says, hey, you need to go to Nineveh. You need to tell them that they're going to be destroyed if they don't repent. And he's like, they don't deserve that. I'm out of here. I'm going the other direction. He ends up in the belly of a whale. What happens in that whale? For both of them, they both find redemption. Now, obviously, in Pinocchio, he doesn't say, he doesn't pray and ask God for help or forgiveness. No, but he finds redemption by learning that honesty is the best policy. He finds redemption when he finds his father, who he was seeking. He ends up being with his father. And no matter what happens in that whale, he is good to go because he's found his father he's brave he's selfless he's trying to save his father and of course it all works out in the end when when pinocchio realizes that his father is the only thing that matters and that he will do whatever is right that his father has taught him and when he internalizes 
those strings that he's attached to his creator with, when those strings become internal, he realizes his need for his father. The strings are no longer necessary because they're inside him. And what happens to Pinocchio at the end? He becomes a real boy. Yes. What a blessing. And think about it. Oh, this is something else I tell my kids all the time. Think about the blessing that he could have had far sooner had he followed the path his father laid out for him. He missed out on all these blessings along the way, and he won't even know what they were. Certainly, he could have become a real boy sooner, but all that comes with being coming a real boy could have come to him sooner and maybe even better than he's getting it. But, but he gets the blessing. He gets his heart's desire to become a real boy. What does Jonah do? Jonah goes, finally, he's in, so he, he finds redemption, right? I love his prayer. His prayer is amazing. I'm going to read it to you. And I hope you listen from your heart because I, it, it drew me to almost to tears. He says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. And he answered me out of the belly of Sheol. I cried and you heard my voice for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. I wish I had had this prayer when I was in that parenting pit in the bathroom five or six years ago because this is exactly how I felt. I felt like the waters were surrounding me, like I was drowning, like I, the weeds from the bottom of the ocean were pulling me down and trapping me. And then that faint voice of the Lord, remember I'm here. And I remembered him and I cried out to him like Jonah. I cried out to him saying, I will do your bidding. What can I do for you? I will serve you in this parenting world. I will give my children to you. Oh, I needed that prayer, guys. Just like Jonah did. Just like Pinocchio needed to remember that he had, had an amazing creator. He had a smart creator. He had a loving creator who searched the ends of the earth for him. <sighs> How great is it that we serve a God who loves us that much? We're coming into Easter. It's Passover Sunday, this Sunday. Well, when you're listening to it, it's last Sunday. But we're, we're coming into, we're in the Easter season here, guys. What is it about? It's about Jesus going to the ends of the earth to find us. He came here, showed us how to live, 
took our sins to the cross and separated himself from his creator on purpose. He chose that pain. He chose to be without God. A lot of people don't think about that moment that Jesus had where he was not with God. He couldn't be with God. He was full of our sin. It's our fault. But he did it on purpose because he loves us. He took on the greatest pain that he could think of to show us that he's willing. He's willing to go to the ends of the earth for us because he loves us. He wants us to be with his father, our creator, our father, our Abba. Oh, he wants us to be with him and he did it for us. So let's be super duper mooper grateful this season and every day that he was willing and chose. He went to the cross. He wasn't taken to the cross. Don't be fooled by those words. He was not taken to the cross. He went to the cross. Yeah, it was on purpose. Everybody who flogged him, everybody who sentenced him, everybody who was blind to his power, all of that was on purpose. It was supposed to happen. And Jesus prophesied it all throughout the Gospels. Get in the Gospels this week, guys. Read the stories. Read each one because every Gospel is slightly different because of the the author that wrote them, like Mark. Mark is a verb guy. He likes action. He's short, sweet, to the point. John, John is, he loves adjectives. He loves adjectives. Matthew, same thing. He loves to describe. He loves prepositional phrases, adjectives, adverbs. He's got all that stuff. He's got the details. He must have been an artist in some part of his life because he was so, he drew a picture when you read it. So get into the Gospels this week. Remind yourselves that we have a God who was willing to take on the pain of being separated. Jesus was separated from God. How alone he must have felt. We don't have to feel that way, guys, because we are never alone. God is always with us. Our Creator is always with us. Our Creator is always with us and our kids. Let them know how much he loves them. Celebrate Easter this week, but celebrate it every day this year. It is the most important story because it's true. And it's, it's love incarnate. Okay, I've gone on long enough, I think, on that because I could talk about that all day and this would be a really long podcast if I did. But surrender your parenting to him. Don't cut that string but internalize it. Let him who created you and your family in his own image and your family in the image of the interdependent Trinity take control. Submit to him and let him fill you with his wisdom. Guys, I'm going to pray right now. Lord, I pray for these things to happen. I pray that my friends here would take a moment to just say thank you for being willing. Lord, we thank you for being willing to die on the cross and, and set us free. We thank you for partnering with us in our parenting because we are imperfect. We don't always know what we're doing, but we pr I pray that your wisdom would be the greatest part of our parenting, your wisdom, your love. We need you, Lord, like Pinocchio needs his father, like Jonah needs you. We need you, like Nineveh needs you. We need you, Lord. And we thank you for being a part of our lives every single day day. 
And Lord, when our kids snip those strings, I pray that you would help us to make sure they know that we are still with them. We love them no matter what. And that when they're ready to come back to us, that we can help bind that relationship again through your strength and your power. Jesus, it is in your mighty name that I pray right now with my friends here. Amen. Have a great week, you guys. Happy Easter. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God, where we come together and share our imperfect parenting journeys and invite God to be the center of it. If you like today's episode, please take a moment to rate and review it and let others know that we exist. That's how they find us, through you, our loyal listeners. See you next time.